Pushkin. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Dealing with pests can be a pain. But relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. We could have seen it coming. We really could. For years, people had warned that New Orleans was vulnerable. The Houston Chronicle reported that if a major hurricane struck, 250,000 people would be stranded in the low-lying city, their homes underwater. A local emergency management director told the newspaper, I don't even want to think about the loss of life a huge hurricane would cause. That's understandable. It's also part of the problem. The Houston Chronicle wasn't the only newspaper to examine the risks. The New Orleans Times-Picayune published a five-part series, opening with, It's only a matter of time before South Louisiana takes a direct hit from a major hurricane. They added that the levees, the last line of defence, might not be strong enough. Much of New Orleans lies below sea level. Some of the levees were in poor repair. The risk of a levee failure was obvious. National Geographic vividly described a scenario in which 50,000 people drowned. The Red Cross feared a similar death toll. Even FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, was alert. In 2001, it had stated that a major hurricane hitting New Orleans was one of the three likeliest catastrophes facing the United States. So, yes, we could have seen it coming. And now the disaster scenario was becoming a reality. A 400-mile-an-hour hurricane was heading directly towards the city. More than a million residents were warned to evacuate. USA Today warned of a modern Atlantis. The newspaper explained that the hurricane could overwhelm New Orleans with up to 20 feet of filthy, chemical-polluted water. The city's mayor, Ray Nagin, begged people to get away. 
He was reluctant to make evacuation mandatory because around 100,000 people had no cars and no way of leaving. The roads out were jammed anyway. It took 10 or 12 hours just to get out to Baton Rouge, only 80 miles away. Thousands of visiting conference delegates were stranded. The airport had been closed. There weren't enough emergency shelters. Nagin suggested using a local stadium, the Louisiana Superdome, as a temporary refuge. But the Superdome wasn't necessarily hurricane-proof, and Nagin was warned that it wasn't equipped to be a shelter. But then, the storm turned aside. The hurricane's name was not Katrina. It was Hurricane Ivan. It was September 2004, and New Orleans had been spared. And Hurricane Ivan had provided the city and the nation with a vivid warning. I'm Tim Harford, and you are listening to Cautionary Tales. In 2003, the Harvard Business Review published an article titled Predictable Surprises, The Disasters You Should Have Seen Coming. The authors, Max Bazerman and Michael Watkins, are both business school professors and they followed up with a book, also called Predictable Surprises. Bazerman and Watkins argued that while the world is an unpredictable place, unpredictability is often not the problem. The problem is that even when we're faced with clear risks, we still fail to act. Hurricane Katrina, looming over New Orleans, was one of those clear risks. The near miss of Hurricane Ivan had demonstrated the need to prepare, urgently and on a dozen different fronts, for the next hurricane. But the authorities did not act swiftly or decisively enough. Eleven months after Ivan, Katrina drowned the city, and hundreds of its residents. As predicted, many tens of thousands of citizens had been unable or unwilling to evacuate. As predicted, levees had been breached in many places. As predicted, the Superdome had been an inadequate shelter. Surely, with such a clear warning, New Orleans should have been better prepared to withstand Hurricane Katrina. It's easily said. But look at how the new coronavirus swept the globe, killing thousands every day and driving us into economically devastating lockdowns. New Orleans isn't the only place that didn't prepare for a predictable catastrophe. It's not like pandemics are a new issue after all. Michael Watkins, author of Predictable Surprises, sent me over the notes for a pandemic response exercise that he ran at Harvard University. I've got it right here. The exercise begins with this scenario. One week after four classes begin, five students who've just returned from a trip to Southern Africa become very ill. One subsequently dies, throwing the student body into turmoil. After a lull, significant numbers of new cases emerge, signalling the beginning of an outbreak in the university and the broader community. It's supposed to be a role-playing exercise for business school students, and in the exercise... Things soon get worse. 
rumours spread, people socially distance, classes move online. The date on the document is the 12th of October, 2002. We've been thinking about pandemics for a long time. Not just in business school exercises either. What about Bill Gates's 2015 TED Talk titled The Next Outbreak? We're not ready. If anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. Not missiles, but microbes. Bill Gates, he's not exactly a marginal figure, is he? I have friends at TED. I called them to ask how many people watched the talk before this year began, before it suddenly became so newsworthy. They told me two and a half million people. That is a lot of people who at least saw the memo. Officialdom had also been sounding the alarm. The World Health Organization and the World Bank had convened the Global Preparedness Monitoring Board. In October last year, they published a report calling for better preparation for managing the fallout of a high-impact respiratory pathogen. A high-impact respiratory pathogen was a risk. Who knew? Well, the Global Preparedness Monitoring Board knew, it seems. And alongside these authoritative warnings were the near misses, the pandemic versions of Hurricane Ivan. In the last 20 years, SARS, H5N1, H1N1, Ebola, MERS, each deadly outbreak sparked brief and justifiable alarm, followed by a collective shrug of the shoulders. We were warned, both by the experts and by reality. Yet, on most fronts, we were still caught unprepared. Why? Let's meet Mir Patrick Turner, a citizen of New Orleans, a veteran of the Second World War. When Hurricane Ivan bore down on the city, Turner was 84 years old. His family heeded the mayor's warning. They prepared to evacuate to Austin, Texas. That's 500 miles. Turner was reluctant to go. He had seen a lot of hurricanes just miss New Orleans. The storms always make that turn to Pascagoula, he would say, referring to the city a hundred miles down the coast. But Turner's family insisted he evacuate, so he squeezed himself into the crowded car. Remember how bad the traffic was, how people were driving from dawn till dusk, just to cover the first 80 miles out of New Orleans. It was a nightmarish journey for an old man. And Hurricane Ivan made the turn to Pascagoula, just like storms always did. Well, almost always. Turner had experienced a hurricane breaching the levees in New Orleans once before, but that was nearly four decades earlier. And when Turner's family told the story, what they remembered most was a stray cat. The frightened feline had ducked under the skirting around the outside of the Turner's house and was now penned under their floorboards by the high waters. They could hear it plaintively mewing. Patrick Turner wasn't about to spend the next week listening to the cat whimper for help as it starved. His daughter, Sheila, told a tale to the writer, Amanda Ripley, of how all of them crawled around on the floor trying to figure out where the cat was. They figured it was, of all places, under the washing machine. So, Sheila's dad moved the machine 
and sawed a cartoon-like circle in the wooden floor to see the cat spring up to safety. That was Mr Turner. Practical. Now it was 2005. Hurricane Katrina was heading remorselessly towards the city. A local weatherman's cheerful demeanour cracked, and he told his viewers, May God be with you. Patrick Turner's family once again begged the old man to evacuate with them, but this time he was in no mood to listen. He was 85 years old, a widower, living alone, and anyway, the storms always make that turn to Pascagoula. And so Mr Turner told his children, I'm not going. His daughter Sheila reminded him about the hurricane they'd weathered 40 years ago. Yes, yes, Dad, forget the cat. Think about the tens of thousands of homes that flooded. Think about the dozens of people who were killed. Remember those poor souls who were trapped in their own attics by the rising water. Stories still circulate in New Orleans of the claw marks they left as they tried to get out. No, said old Mr Turner. I listened to you last year, and I was stuck in your damned car for hours on end. I'm staying. Sheila kept trying. So did his other children. He got so tired of the calls that he took the phone off the hook. Many others felt similarly. Not most, by any means. 80% of the population of New Orleans decided to evacuate. It's commonly assumed that the people who stayed simply couldn't get out. But when Knight Ridder newspapers investigated after the storm, they found that those who died weren't disproportionately poor or black. Some people were just stuck, of course, but many others weighed up the risks, thought about the agonies of evacuating, remembered Hurricane Ivan, and decided that things would be okay if they toughed it out. For many people, Hurricane Ivan wasn't viewed as a warning of how bad things could get. It was viewed as yet another false alarm. Of course, it wasn't. Patrick Turner was trapped by the rising water, just like the cat he'd rescued 40 years before. But there was nobody to rescue him, and the New Orleans Fire Department only managed to reach him two weeks later. He was dead, apparently of a heart attack. The devoted family man had died alone in his attic because this storm didn't make that turn to Pascagoula. As a loyal listener to cautionary tales, you probably consider yourself pretty smart, and you are. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix may not be able to rewrite history or take on society's problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home. Pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalised pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians know your local pests the best. So even though they don't know in-depth world history, you can bet they know how to make your pest problem history. And with customised plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. The appearance of SARS in late 2002 should have been a warning to us all. SARS is deadly, considerably more dangerous than COVID-19, but fortunately it proved easier to contain. Several thousand people caught it, several hundred people died, and the economies of China, Hong Kong, Singapore and Taiwan took a pounding. For them, SARS wasn't a near miss. It was a painful hit. And many of those countries took note investing in public health infrastructure and preparing for the next pandemic. For most of the rest of us, however, SARS was more like Hurricane Ivan. All that fuss, and in the end it was fine. Instead of concluding, that was a close thing, we'd better prepare, we concluded, the doom-mongers are always giving us disaster scenarios, and it's never as bad as they say. The same with MERS, The same in 2009 with H1N1, sometimes called swine flu. Swine flu was the first time the WHO declared a public health emergency of international concern. People were really worried about swine flu. But in retrospect, it seems to have been quite similar to the seasonal flu that hits us every year, which kills a few hundred thousand people around the globe, but doesn't change our way of life. Rosalind Bachelot could tell you all about H1N1. She was the French health minister at the time of the outbreak, and she took it seriously. She stocked up on masks. She ordered 94 million doses of flu vaccine. She did everything we now complain our leaders didn't do. And in the end, swine flu took that turn to Pascagoula. It didn't kill tens of millions of people. Did the French public and media congratulate Rosalind Bachelot for her sensible precaution? They did not. They looked at how much public money she'd spent on masks and vaccines, some 400 million euros, about half a billion dollars, and they blamed her for it. 
Two years later, a new governor of California took office after a brutal recession. Jerry Brown started to look for ways to save public money, and he alighted on an expensive stockpile of medical supplies maintained by his predecessor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnie had spent hundreds of millions of dollars creating mobile hospitals that emergency responders could use to deal with earthquakes, fires and, yes, pandemics. According to the Los Angeles Times, the stockpile included 50 million N95 respirators, 2,400 portable ventilators and kits to set up 21,000 additional patient beds wherever they were needed. It's impressive, but that stockpile is now nowhere to be found. When Jerry Brown cut funding for the scheme, did voters howl with protest? Did they make clear they wanted their scarce tax dollars devoted to sensible preparedness? They did not. Politicians have other priorities because we have other priorities. We voters don't take kindly to those who spend our taxes preparing for disasters that may never happen. And the near misses? All too often, the near misses only make things worse. Less than four years ago, my own country, the UK, ran a pandemic planning scenario dubbed Exercise Cygnus. It sounds like an awesome piece of forethought, but it doesn't seem to have helped the country to prepare for COVID-19. It might even have made it harder. Why? The problem was that Exercise Cygnus was about preparing for a dangerous flu outbreak. But coronavirus is not the flu. The government had learned some very specific lessons that they had to painfully unlearn as the unusual features of COVID-19 became apparent. That's a problem with many predictable surprises. They're only predictable in a general sort of way. The details aren't predictable at all. Hurricanes in New Orleans should be among the easiest disasters to prepare for. It's pretty clear what will help. Strengthening levees, installing pumps, and it's a scandal that those things weren't done before Katrina hit. But in other cases, even though the general shape of the risk is clear, false alarms are going off all the time, and the exact problem cannot be predicted. Well, how then are we to prepare? We need to think bigger. It's impossible to prepare for every eventuality, but the next best thing is a massive all-purpose resilience that comes from having plenty of spare capacity in everything. The British government should have learned from Exercise Cygnus that it would have been a good idea to have a stockpile of things that would probably be useful in any kind of pandemic, such as gowns, visors, or swabs. They didn't. That's hard to forgive but it's depressingly easy to understand. It's the same reasoning that led Jerry Brown to dismantle Arnold Schwarzenegger's sensible stockpile. All-purpose resilience tends to look wasteful right up until the point at which you desperately need it. Early in the COVID-19 pandemic, I spoke with a friend of mine, a senior physician, At the time, he was recovering from the disease himself. He'd contracted it while tending to his patients. He reminisced about a day in early March, when the writing should have been on the wall. Italians had started to die in alarming numbers. And his hospital made an announcement. They would no longer be providing coffee for staff meetings. 
If the coffee budget had been diverted to stockpiling masks and gowns, that would be impressive. But who are we kidding? They were simply trying to save money whenever they could. Organisations that won't pay for coffee won't pay for resilience either. After Hurricane Katrina, the city of New Orleans installed new pumps. They were supposed to be strong enough to protect the city for 50 years, but as Margaret Heffernan describes in her book Willful Blindness, the pumps weren't fit for the job. One whistleblower, the US Army Corps engineer, Maria Garzino, told Heffernan, The pumping systems fell apart each time we turned them on. They blow their guts out. Eventually, the final tests were just cancelled. Instead, the policy had become hope for the best. Garzino complained and complained and was repeatedly brushed off. Finally, an independent report concluded she'd been right. The job had been botched, costing hundreds of millions of dollars. In the summer of 2017, New Orleans was underwater again. The pumps were failing, undersupplied with power and unable to cope with several weeks of persistent rain. It does not inspire confidence for what will happen if another Katrina strikes. But there is one more warning that New Orleans offers the rest of us. Robert Mayer, the co-author of The Ostrich Paradox, says preparing for another Hurricane Katrina might not be enough. Katrina wasn't even close to being the worst-case scenario for New Orleans, he told me. That would be a full Category 5 storm hitting just east of the city. The same may be true of the pandemic. Because COVID-19 has spread much faster than HIV and is more dangerous than the flu, it's easy to imagine that this is as bad as it could possibly get. It isn't. Perhaps this pandemic is a challenge that should be teaching us to think about other dangers, from bioterrorism to climate change. Or perhaps the next threat really is a perfectly predictable surprise. Another virus, just like this one, but worse. Imagine an illness as contagious as measles and as virulent as Ebola. Imagine a disease that disproportionately kills children rather than the elderly. What if we're thinking about this the wrong way? What if, instead of seeing SARS as the warning for COVID-19, we should see COVID-19 itself as the warning? Next time, will we be better prepared? this story, we drew on The Unthinkable by Amanda Ripley, The Ostrich Paradox by Howard Conroyther and Robert Meyer, and Willful Blindness by Margaret Heffernan. As always, a full list of our stories is available in the show notes on timharford.com. This cautionary tale was written and presented by me, Tim Harford, with help from Andrew Wright. The show was produced by Ryan Dilley, with support from Marilyn Rust. The music, mixing and sound design are the work of Pascal Wise. The scripts were edited by Julia Barton. Special thanks to Mia LaBelle, Carly Migliori, Heather Fain, Maya Koenig, Jacob Weisberg and Malcolm Gladwell. 
Cautionary Tales is a Pushkin Industries production. Dealing with pests can be a pain. But relax, Terminix can help, because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.